But while many may not say this openly with their tongues, may not really believe it in that way in their hearts, but in practice, we practice according to what we can see. If we can't see it, then we can't practice upon it. Whereas a mu'min, a person who has iman, then he doesn't look at what his eyes can see. He wants to know what Nabi Wasallam told him, what Allah wa ta'ala has revealed in the Qur'an Sharif. And like a blind person, he trusts in the one that can see. And he puts his hand in the hand of the person who can see and he walks along. And he'll reach his destination. Allah's Nabi Wasallam saw with his eyes. <coughs> Allah Ta'ala took him on the occasion of Mi'raj. And he saw Jannat, he saw Jahannam. And he communicated with Allah wa ta'ala directly. He received Wahi. He saw Jibreel And he conveyed all this to the Ummah. So the rest of us are like blind. Allah's Nabi Wasallam is the one who can see. And he saw. The one who puts his hand in his hand without question. He'll reach his destination. Jannat. And the one who insists on first seeing and then believing, that is a very difficult situation. That every step we are to build up this faith in the unseen. And this hadith of Rasulullah, which was recited at the beginning, this is again the same lesson that put your faith in the unseen. Don't first look and decide what I can see, what I can understand. Put our understanding aside, put what we can see aside, and put our complete trust and faith in what Allah's Nabi Islam has told us. So in this Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam gives us three lessons. And every one of it is based on yaqeen in the unseen, conviction in the unseen. The first lesson Nabi Islam gives us is that ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin. That sadaqah, charity, spending in the path of Allah Taala, spending in causes of deen, <coughs> and this has never decreased a person's wealth. Now what is being said to us, that a person, if he spends out of his wealth, for the sake of Allah Taala in the cause of deen, in the cause of righteousness, in charity. The Bismillah will be saying this will never decrease the wealth. Now a person's eyes can see, his hands can count something else. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says the same thing already to us, <coughs> that يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba wa sadaqat. Allah Ta'ala uproots riba, interest, not destroys it, uproots it. One is like there's a building and the building was demolished. So it's demolished but the foundations are still there. And the other is the very foundations were uprooted. There's no sign that there was ever a building here. There's no ruins left also. Allah Ta'ala is using the word yamhaq not destroy, uproot. Allah Ta'ala will <coughs> uproot interest. And Allah Ta'ala causes the sadaqah to increase. Now outwardly the eyes can see something else. A person has got 10,000 rands and he spent a thousand rands in sadaqah. So his hands can count 9,000 left. 
puts it in the counting machine also there's 9,000. Call maybe somebody else to count also, they'll count 9,000. Call the Mufti Azam of the time to count 9,000. And the eyes can see that now 1,000 has gone less. The hands are counting and 1,000 has gone less. Allah Ta'ala is saying it hasn't gone less. Nabi Salaam is saying it hasn't gone less. <laughs> it has increased. Now call all the scientists of the world and ask them, what do you see here? They all will say it has decreased. And the whole world will say it decreased. But now this is the test of faith. This is where Iman comes in. Allah Ta'ala is saying there, يَمْحَقُ riba. A person from that 10,000 gave 1,000 or gave the 10,000 on a loan. And now he received again 1,000 uh, extra. 11,000 came. So he had 10,000, now he's got 11,000 in his hands. He's putting it through the counting machine, he's counting 11,000. Calls the whole world to count it, they all are telling him it's 11,000. Allah Ta'ala is saying to him, it has now been uprooted. <laughs> this is a test of faith. And on that side you can see 9,000 left. And here you can see 11,000. And the Quran is saying that this is decreased. That has increased. What does he believe in? Where is his faith now? So this whole iman of ours is yukminuna bil ghayb. Faith in the unseen. Allah Ta'ala has said something, our eyes are seeing something else. But we will keep aside what we can see, we will believe in what Allah Ta'ala has given us. That that riba has been uprooted. Whether we believe in it or not, it will happen. If a person doesn't make tawbah and doesn't forsake that riba. And how it will happen, when it will happen, sometimes a person's mind cannot fathom and cannot link it. That way it started off from and what ended up. But it will happen. And on this side it seems that it went less, but it hasn't gone less. It has increased. And it increases never in various ways. In one hadith, Nabi Salaam says that treat your those who are ill amongst you with sadaqah. Now with sadaqah, he is being protected from so many diseases and calamities and hardships. In one hadith, Nabi Salaam says, as sadaqatu tudfi'u ghadab al-rab wa tadfa'u meet at-tassoon. Sadaqah, it cools the anger of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is no emotional being. But when Allah Ta'ala is disobeyed, this draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. And sadaqah becomes a barrier between a person and the azab of Allah Ta'ala descending. Now outwardly it seemed like it got less, but it protected so much from the azab that could have come. And Nabi Islam says the real thing, the real benefit, it protects a person from a bad death. That is the first step of the akhirah, how he'll die. If a person had a bad death, a death in a condition of sin, a death in the disobedience of Allah wa ta'ala, person died in a rave club, person died while listening to music, a person died committing zina Allah for good, and these are not just hypothetical things. Allah ta'ala save us, these have been realities. People's bodies have been picked up from the beds of zina and from the floor of the casino. Allah protect us and save us. So, in this hadith, Nabi Islam is saying that the sadaqah hasn't decreased the wealth. It has increased it. And in various ways, that barakat that comes in it. 
that barakat is sometimes in quantity and sometimes even without the quantity, without a greater quantity. Where in that middle wealth, Allah Ta'ala makes a person's work gets done. And sometimes when there's no barakat in it, then a huge quantity also a person is still out of pocket. His work is just not getting done. His needs are not getting completed and fulfilled. So in any case, this is the test of Iman now. Where does a person now put his faith? And I can see 11,000 coming out of this riba. So that riba is not increasing the wealth in any way. That is filth, it is dirt, it is contamination. And it is to be treated in that way. Many of our Akabir and the Mashayikh, if out of some extreme need, they had to enter a bank, a commercial bank, then they would do it with complete absorption and istighfar. They would be constantly making istighfar to Allah, seeking his forgiveness. No matter what the situation, they won't drink one sip of water in that place. And they would never take one bit of benefit out of that place. Besides now, what is absolutely necessary in terms of using the facility of banking one's money and transferring the money, whatever the case is, this is a place where constantly the wrath of Allah is descending. This is a place where the riba transactions are happening every moment. This is a place to be afraid of. It is merely to be used like a person when that interest came in his hands, like how a person flushes out the sewage. That is how this is to be treated. Sometimes a person feels proud that I've got a very good line with the bank manager. I phone, he will answer on the call, on the turn. That is not something to be proud about. It is like a person saying, I'm very proud of, uh, to be in contact with the manager of the pig farm. What's the difference between the two? This is the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. That is the wrath of Allah Ta'ala also. So this is to be treated in that way. Out of sheer necessity because of the situation that a person is in, he has to put his money somewhere, he has to transfer his money, make his payments. He has to use the facility out of sheer need. Like a person uses a toilet out of sheer need. So in any case, this is the lesson that we have been given, the first lesson, that don't believe in what our eyes can see. Believe in what Allah wa ta'ala said to us. <laughs> and what Rasulullah <coughs> said to us, that that sadaqah doesn't decrease wealth. And that riba doesn't increase wealth. That riba destroys the wealth. Then the second aspect Nabi Islam mentions, وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِأَفْوِنْ إِلَّا عِزَّةً That when a person forgives, Allah Ta'ala increases his honor. Now again, this is a test of faith. <coughs> that way is a person's yaqeen and his faith. Because outwardly, it appears that when he has forgiven, he has allowed himself to be lowered. <coughs> and if he has taken revenge, and shown that I am somebody, I will put you in your place. Don't uh, take your chances with me. So now I've shown my authority. I've shown I'm somebody. In that instance, it seems like I was the one who gained more respect in the sight of, sight of people. But Allah Ta'ala is saying, Nabi Islam is saying, you know, it's the opposite. But the lesson is, that where is our faith? Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was once put through a very severe trial, very major trial, where the <coughs> Munafiqeen 
they slandered her. Most terrible slander. Now, what happens often, unfortunately, when there's some news that comes around, we don't take any precaution, we don't even consider whether this is true or not, we just keep passing it on. So, something similar happened, few people, somehow few sincere Muslims got caught up in this, in passing on this message, this rumor. Allah wa ta'ala, after one month of this whole incident having taken place, Nabi Sallallahu deeply hurt by this incident, can we imagine his Mubarak wife is being slandered, <coughs> the daughter of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq the mother of the believers, and she is slandered. It was a very difficult time. And after one month, Wahi came. For one month, there was no clarity in what, we, what the reality is. And as Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, when she heard about this, she fell unconscious. When she heard, this is what is being spoken about me, she fell unconscious. And when she regained consciousness, from that moment, the only thing was that she was crying. That subhanallah, is this is what is being spoken about me? She couldn't eat a morsel of food, and she couldn't sleep a wink. And these, this was how her days went, from the time she heard about it. And eventually after one month, wahi comes, and an entire ruku is revealed in the Qur'an Sharif. That those who came about with the slander, they are the people who Allah has decreed his punishment for them, etc. An entire ruku is revealed, <coughs> highlighting the honor and the chastity of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And this was a total slander, lie against her. And now this matter is clarified. And those Muslims also who were now caught up in spreading this rumor, they also were given the punishment of slander. 80 lashes. But now imagine this pain, this grief, this hardship <coughs> that was given to Aisha by some of these people. One of the people who unwittingly got involved in this was Hassan bin Sabit. He just somehow got caught up in this. Then he repented obviously. Time passed. This whole matter was cleared. Much later, after Rasulullah's demise, once Hassan comes to the place of Aisha, as was common, the Sahaba would come and from behind the parda they would ask questions of deen because she was so knowledgeable and some various aspects of ahadith, etc. they would inquire from her. Hassan came, Aisha says, gives the instruction that he should be seated with honor, respect. You should be treated well. So somebody says to her, do you know what you are saying? You are giving the instruction to the, that Hassan should be seated and respected and honored. Do you know that he is the same person who caused you all this grief? He also got caught up in passing this rumor. What pain you underwent? What hardship and difficulty you had to bear? You forgot all that? As Aisha anha, she was the target of all this. She bore the greatest brunt of it. And now this is the situation. What is her reply? Her reply is, But forget about all that. He used to defend Rasulullah 
that when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Mushrikeen would say poetry against Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Hassan was a natural poet. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would put a member for the for him in the masjid, and he would then compose poetry in the honor of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and reply to the the wrong things that the Mushrikeen were saying. He now brings this up. <coughs> Forget about the other part of it. Remember the good of him. Remember the service that he has done to Rasulullah All that is history. Forget about it. Now, this was the heart she had. And this is what we are talking about today. This is the izzat and honor that Allah Ta'ala has blessed her with throughout the ages. And up to this day that we are discussing this with such respect and honor. That if you want to know about what it means to have a heart, then here it is having a heart. Now where did this honor come from? Where did this izzah come from? Ma Allahu abdan illa izzah. Allah Ta'ala increases the izzah and honor of a person by means of forgiveness. <coughs> that when he has a heart and forgives and overlooks, Allah Ta'ala increases his honor. If there is some claim he has, some monetary claim, whatever the case is, then he'll go about it in a dignified way. He'll make his claim if he needs to. It's not compulsory on him to forgive every right of his in terms of monetary rights, etc. He'll make it in a dignified way and go about it with respect and honor. But if it is something that is not recoverable, somebody said something to me, somebody did something which merely I felt I was humiliated in some way, these are things to now get over and move on with life. And this Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Salaam is saying, Allah Ta'ala increases the honor of a person with this. To keep a light heart and to have a heart. And then the third thing Nabi Salaam says, there are so many incidents of this nature where people by means of forgiveness, what rank Allah Ta'ala gave them and what honor and respect Allah Ta'ala gave them. And linked to this is the last lesson also Nabi Salaam gives. That a person does not humble himself, but that Allah Ta'ala elevates him. Again, outwardly, as we said right at the beginning, that the whole test is the test of faith. Where is a person's yaqeen? Where is his conviction? What does he believe in? Does he believe in what he can see? Or what Nabi Salaam has said? What Allah wa ta'ala has revealed in the Quran Sharif. Now again, when a person humbles himself, it appears that he has lowered himself. Whereas Nabi Islam is saying he has actually in reality elevated himself. Provided with one condition, he has lowered himself only for Allah. Ta'ala. Not for the sake of being respected, but for the sake of being elevated. He is sincere in what he is doing. He is doing it for Allah. Ta'ala. He has lowered himself. Allah Ta'ala alone, Allah Ta'ala has in reality elevated him. Unfortunately, because of a lack of tawadu, humility, we find so many problems in society. Whereas the basis of unity is two things. Challenges will come about. No two people think alike. Therefore, in one household also you will get different views and different opinions, different likes and dislikes, different preferences. The husband has his way of looking at things, the wife has got her way. The parents have their preferences and the children have theirs. Brother and sister don't think the same. 
and then in the extended family and society at large, how much more this becomes, how many more various views and preferences and likes and dislikes. But despite all this, if there are two ingredients in a person, two qualities, then unity can be maintained in one household, in one extended family, in the society, and in the entire ummah. But these two essential things. One is ikhlas, sincerity. And sincerity will mean that a person now is looking at what is going to please Allah Ta'ala. If I'm going to say this, will I just be appeasing my anger, trying to just vent my feeling, or am I saying what I'm going to say to please Allah Ta'ala? Will this earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? I'm saying something, making some comment, whether it is some comment to my wife, or to my parents, or to my children, or somebody else, or I'm now reprimanding somebody. Whatever the case is, why am I saying it? Do I hope to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in this? Or it is just to run somebody down? Just to humiliate someone? So the first thing is ikhlas, sincerity. That what I'm doing is Allah Ta'ala going to be pleased. So to check that, ask that question before I say it. Before I do it. Whatever I plan to do, ask myself that question. Will Allah Ta'ala be pleased with how I'm going to react now? How I'm going to do what I want to do? Or what I want to say? And if Allah Ta'ala does not be pleased with it, then this is not sincerity. Then this will create problems. I might be saying the right thing, but if it is with the wrong motive, then it won't solve any problem. It will create problems. Even though the right thing is being said. Because the wrong motive will overshadow the whole thing. And that wrong motive, that ill intention will create facade, will create corruption. The first thing is, first essential issue is ikhlas. And the second essential thing is tawazu, humility. If there's humility, a person has the ability to humble himself. What it, does it mean if somebody said something to me and I didn't reply? Fine, life carries on. I forgot about it, it didn't hurt me in any way. <coughs> yes, we are humans. We will feel something. We can get over it and carry on with life. You don't walk around with it. You don't harbor it. So if there is humility, then the husband, if he is humble, then to half the problem will be over. And if the wife is also humble, then all the problems are over. Between parents and children, unfortunately, even a child, many a child, hasn't the ability to humble himself before his own parents. And brother cannot humble himself in front of sister or sister in front of brother. So when there is no humility, then obviously what the end result will be. Pride, pride was the first sin that shaitan committed. And pride and humility are the opposites. If there is no humility, there will be pride. And when shaitan came up with pride, it caused all the problems for him, that he became rejected forever. So the same will happen throughout history and throughout life. That pride will keep creating problems. So if there is no sincerity, this will create problems. This will create difficulties. And lack of humility will create difficulties. And if these two ingredients are there, these qualities are there, then this will bring peace. Outwardly it will seem a person is humbling himself. 
اور نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم سیم امات وعد احد باللہ الا رفعه الله عز وجل الا تعالى ول انيفيت يازن گلوڈ ہم سب نہیں بٹ اگین وی ول دا ایبلٹی کم ٹو پریکٹس آن دس وی ول دا ایبلٹی کم ٹو سی ود کنوکشن دیٹ دس 10000 اف اٹس کمنگ بیک ود 1000 مور ان دا فارم اف انٹرسٹ دین دس از گونو بی ٹوٹل ڈسٹرکشن آئی وونٹ ٹچ اٹ Where will that conviction come that if I spend, I'm not in the cause of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, I'm not decreasing my wealth. And if I forgive, I'm losing nothing. I'm gaining. If I humble myself, I'm not getting lowered. I'm getting elevated. What will bring that ability to practice upon this, to have that firmness of conviction? This comes from the effort on Iman. This conviction, this yaqeen, this is a branch of iman and it strengthens iman itself and to the extent that this iman is strengthened this yaqeen comes in to that extent a person has yu'minuna bil ghaib where we started off from right at the beginning that our entire iman is based on the unseen that we put aside what we can see and we believe in what Allah has given us we close our eyes and follow what Rasulullah has taught us and then we'll get the success of dunya and akhirat This whole thing depends on the effort on strengthening our iman, developing our iman. All the efforts of deen are directed in the same direction. How we can develop and strengthen this iman. The work of da'wat and tabliq is for the same purpose also. The ijtimaaz that take place is for the same purpose also. And inshallah in June from the 14th to the 16th, ijtimaaz that will take place around the corner from us. We have from now to prepare our minds and ourselves to be present inshallah in Ispingo Beach. For no other purpose, how this yaqeen can come to our lives. That directs us in the path of iman bil ghaib. That we close our eyes and practice on that which Allah and His Rasul have given us. No matter what our mind tells us, and no matter what the whole world tells us. And then we will see how this brings peace and happiness in our lives, in dunya, and gives us the entire, the everlasting success of the hereafter. So may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq of making this effort on our iman, developing this yaqeen, strengthening this faith in Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, and in this light, as we mentioned, the istimad will take place from 14th to 16th of June, we set aside those dates from now, that inshallah we'll present ourselves for that entire duration, with no other intention, but how to develop this iman, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, give us the tawfiq, wa akhiru ta'awana, alhamdulillah.